Well, hello, my friend. Welcome to Dear Matchmaker and happy belated Thanksgiving. Uh, we just had Thanksgiving, so hopefully you survived. Uh, and I know I did. I'll tell you about my little Thanksgiving story in just a second. But welcome to the show. If you're brand new, I am Kat Cantrell. I am your host with the most matchmaker and dating coach. And uh, I love Thanksgiving. I had both my kids in town and we had, you know, Brian and his son and we had a beautiful Thanksgiving and I love to cook. Uh, I don't cook very often because Brian has, um, he's such an amazing cook. So he, he does a lot of the cooking, but Thanksgiving, I was super excited because I actually made everything from scratch. I'm not bragging. I'm not bragging. Am I bragging? I don't know. Maybe. No, no, I'm not. Uh, but I'm super proud of myself because I made everything from scratch because I don't, a few months ago, we started to do Sunday dinners um, where Joanna would come, uh, my daughter would come home from um, college and then uh, the four of us, Joanna and, and Brian's son and, and him and I would have Sunday dinners and I have started making homemade bread. Now I used to have a bread machine back in the day, um, but I've been making homemade bread. And so this Thanksgiving, I made homemade stuffing bread that had sausage in it. And I made it all day, like you had to make the dough and it had to rise and you had to do the things to it and add the things and then you make it rise again or prove. Um, if you watch uh, the great American British baking show, I think that's what it's called, which I do too. And um, it was a huge hit and it made me so happy because Brian loved it so much and it just like, it was amazing. So that's my big win from this Thanksgiving, but I'm sure that's not why you're here. Uh, welcome to the show. So here at Dear Matchmaker, my goal is to answer your questions, which you can submit, by the way, um, where I answer them here. But it's also to bring incredible experts to help you in the world of dating, because the whole goal of the show is to provide you with as many tools as we can in your toolbox to help you become an empowered dater, to give you the clarity and the understanding and uh, the all-knowingness of all things dating and how to help you find true connection because it's the whole goal of the show. And uh, I have a guest for you today. And before I go into who she is, as a reminder, this show is brought to you by my agency, theheartagency.com. Go check it out. The website's brand new. I just redid it. Brian, Brian and I just redid it. So you want to go check it out. So make sure and go check it out. But theheartagency.com where we offer dating coaching, matchmaking, uh, programs and events and all of the things. Uh, so you want to make sure, go check it out. It's brand new. I'll make sure and put the link in the bio or down below, not bio, but in the show notes. Uh, so make sure to go check it out. Okay. Uh, before, um, I, in, I'm going to go ahead and introduce our guest before I do, I'm so excited to bring her to you because this is something that I've been wanting to talk about for almost two years. In fact, I even approached before Barb and I met, um, earlier this year, I actually approached a couple of other coaches because I really wanted to bring the subject to you because I, part of the dating of dating is having more self-awareness, right? This is the stuff that we talk about here creating more self-awareness of who you are and uh, what you bring to the table. And the more understanding we have of who we are, the more of an understanding of really what we're potentially wanting, wanting out of a partnership. And sometimes we seek out things in other partners that we lack in ourselves and vice versa. But the more clarity that you have about you, 
the more you're able to set yourself up for success for a long-term relationship. And if you haven't heard about before, today we're going to talk about the Enneagram. And the Enneagram, if you haven't, uh, if you don't know much about it, we go into all things Enneagram uh, this episode. And so let me introduce to you this fabulous, beautiful, magnificent, I just adore her so much. Her name is Barb Rank. And Barb, let me pull up her little bio really quick. So Barb is a passionate educator and coach having over 25 years experience in the corporate workplace. It wasn't until she became a certified life coach that Barb knew she had found her calling. Barb loves helping people understand what motivates them, what drains them, and how to best manage their energy to get the outcomes they they want most at life and at work. And Barb specializes in the Enneagram, and we're going to go into all things Enneagram, and I'm so excited to share her with all of you. So ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome Barb Rank to Dear Magic. I am so excited that the fabulous, beautiful Barb Rank is with us on here on Dear Matchmaker. I know. I should just walk I should just walk around and just introduce you everywhere, everywhere, you know, every time you have to go to something. How are you? I'm well. I'm looking forward to wrapping up the end of the year. So yes. Well, I'm 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 well, Barb and I met, gosh, it was like eight months ago. No, it was the beginning. It was like March or April of this year, wasn't it? It does not seem that long ago, but I think you're right. <laughs> yeah, it was the initial because it was here in Cedar Rapids that you and I met. And uh, when I t- when I found out that she was an Enneagram coach, I geeked out because <laughs> I, even though I'm not an Enneagram coach, I love all things Enneagram. I will never admit to anybody how many Enneagram Instagram accounts I'm following. Like, there's one that's specifically for twos, and I'm like, that's mm-hmm. me. And then I follow ones that are like all of the Enneagram. So when I found when I met Barb, not only of just who she is and the woman that she is, but just the fact that she's an Enneagram coach and that I, when I asked her to come here to be a part of the show and she said, she so graciously said, yes, I'm just so excited to share her with all of you. So Barb, uh, I, before we go, I, before we go into the Enneagram and relationships and just the importance of knowing your number, uh, because people can take a variety of different tests. And I, I really feel that the Enneagram is one that everybody should know. So to get the audience, just a better understanding of who you are, give us, how did you get into this? Like, nobody goes like, Oh, I'm going to be an Enneagram coach. Like, tell us your story. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. And I did not, I didn't even see it coming, honestly. So, um, first I'm, um, married. I have a husband of 22 years. Uh, he, he jokes that we got married in 2000, so I'll always remember how many years we've been married, but I don't like numbers, so that he knows me, and that was a very, it's not really a joke. Uh, then we have an 18-year-old son. He's getting ready to graduate and go off to Iowa State. Very proud of him, um, but ultimately, backing into part of my journey, uh, I'm a farm girl, and so I really know how to work hard and um, the value of you know your efforts and what those can contribute to, and I also like working the plan, right? There's always a plan. There's always stuff to be done on the farm. Yes. So that instilled in me early, early on. Uh, and that eventually led me to um, 
ultimately understanding my Enneagram, Enneagram type even better. And, and then realizing that I'm like other people have different ways of looking at the world and I'm one of many. <laughs> so, uh, it, it was a long journey to get there, but yeah. Um, so even before the Enneagram, uh, I am a teacher at heart. I have a high school English teaching degree that I then uh, couldn't get a job right away after I graduated. And so I ended up teaching in a prison for a year. Oh my God. I didn't know that. Are you serious? Yeah. yeah. Um, they were paying teachers in Missouri at the time to get, to help inmates. They just passed a law saying every incarcerated inmate had to get their GED. So wow. it was a state job with benefits and I needed, I had a goal. Uh, that actually led me to understand I really like working with adults. I don't think I would have been a great high school English teacher because they didn't care about the same things I cared about. <laughs> and that led me into then uh, corporate America. So I am so very thankful that I got the opportunity to train uh, people, leaders and employees on skills like communication, leadership and conflict resolution. Now, I have a funny story here because this is where my farm girl roots, you know, cross. Uh, I remember the very first time I was like 25 and I had to teach a class on empathy. And I was like, okay, understanding and acknowledging another person's experience, even if it's not yours and you don't agree with it. And I was like, who cares? <laughs> I mean, I hate to be that honest, but I was like, why? why does knowing how you feel impact us getting a job done? I mean, that's literally, I could not grasp this concept and not that I'm mean not that I was unkind right I just had the mentality of this doesn't contribute to our goal you know and so I was trying to teach it and I, I wasn't I'm embarrassed but I wasn't very good at it so I decided to practice it on my husband that night we were newly married he did not know uh, but he came home and we were having our normal uh, conversation over at dinner and he said something like wow I just I was kind of frustrated with this thing that happened today at work and normally I would have said, oh, that's really, that's too bad. And we would have moved on. <laughs> he said it, I acknowledged it, we're moving on. And so I was like, no, 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 practice empathy. So I said, wow, that sounds really frustrating. And I know you, I know you want to do the best at your job. And so that, that's probably where the frustration is coming from. And he just, he put his fork down and he looked at me and he goes, that's exactly it. That is why I'm so frustrated. And then he proceeded to take the next five minutes very naturally and tell me a little bit more about his day, but in a way that he was processing it. And I was creating the space that I'm like, what just happened? <laughs> but that was me learning that these tools that I'm teaching can have profound impacts on relationships. You have to actually practice and use them. And I became a convert. So that changed our marriage. It changed my focus for who I want to work with and what I want to talk about. And it's this type of thing. So then fast forward, um, I became a life coach four years ago, in addition to all the stuff I'd been training. And that's where I found the Enneagram. And honestly, that's where I found myself. Mm. And by that point, I'd already been married 19 years. <laughs> I was like, why didn't I know this 20, you know what, 19 years ago? <laughs> yes. Yes. But yeah, that's the long and short of it. But, uh, so tell everybody, so the Enneagram, can you explain, so somebody who's like brand new, that's like what, and cause there's a lot of buzz about the Enneagram out there. So do you, for our listeners that don't know what the Enneagram is, give us a little, give mm -hmm. us a little like summary of what the, what, yeah. what the Enneagram entails. Yep. 
So it is one of many tools out there that help promote self-awareness. Uh, many people are very familiar with DISC, uh, and that uh, helps you understand your communication and other preferences. Myers-Briggs helps you maybe understand your working style and your approach to things. Uh, this one, actually, it's it's very old. It's an ancient typing system, but it's it's definitely morphed over the years into what it is now. Uh, I think it used to be used in spiritual guidance practices long ago, uh, but then they brought it to America in the 70s and it got laced with psychology and, and honest or, you know, human behavior patterns. <laughs> so it's, it's much more robust, but it, it's not owned by any one company. So that's one of the challenges of this model. Some people don't trust it. Uh, you know, it's not gone through the rigorous process of um, quantifiable research. Now, some companies have done that with the tests that they offer, but you're going to pay for them. Right. Uh, and then the free ones, they're free. So they're confusing because we have all nine of these aspects as part of us and we get a number. What does that even mean? The reason I like this one so much is because it goes deeper than any of the other models I've seen to truly get to the core of this is what this type really wants out of life. And this is honestly what they need. And when we don't get our needs met, what do we do? We pick up coping mechanisms. We pick right. up unhelpful behavior and we don't even know why we're doing these things right? because we don't have a language for who I am and what I need. And then I think about relationships, right? We go blind into these relationships. Yep. And I will tell you the couples that I've coached, opposites attract, right? Because you look at that other person and go, they naturally have something that I naturally don't have. Right. That is right. fascinating. And then 20 years later, it's so annoying <laughs> because neither of you have changed. <laughs> You're just much less tolerant. So it's a so what I say is. For me, this model really helps you look at what you look like at your best, but it's going to be very descriptive of what you look like under stress. <laughs> and I will be quite honest, I hated every explanation of my type, but they were true. <laughs> so once we can own our story, we get to write the ending. And mm. otherwise, we're just kind of walking around in reactionary mode, and that's not our healthiest self. Mm. I, you bring up, uh, so when you mention about opposites, opposites attracting, it kind of reminds me of, um, attachment theory in a way where the avoidant is so attracted to the anxious because each one of them have qualities that they admire in the other person. But at the end, because each of them are this certain type of individual, the relationship will not work because even though you're attracted to the fact that they have these qualities, it is these qualities in the end that end up annoying you and end up maybe yeah. even breaking up the relationship. Yeah. Uh, so it's interesting to hear about the Enneagram because people do say, well, opposites attract and opposites attract. And I think it, I think it just depends. I think it depends on what those opposite qualities are, because there are some things, especially like if you're introverted or extroverted, I've met introverts that are like, I just meet an extroverted person that's just going to drag me out of my house. I'm like, well, mm -hmm. maybe, but what is it going to say in year two when the extroverts always gone and you're always in your house? Like, what's mm -hmm. that going to look like? So I think you have to be really careful about that. Um, so as far as the Enneagram is concerned, cause you kind of said about, 
So it, it is a number system. The Enneagram is actually a paid test. And I used to have when I was just coaching people on, um, before I got into just strictly dating coaching, I used to give people the Enneagram test just to kind of, for what exactly you said, it wasn't that I was an Enneagram coach. It was just a way for them to create awareness of who they are. And not just that, but you and I have talked Barb about, so the Enneagram I'm a two. And I, for me, when I took the test, it gave me validation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I hear most. Yeah. And like, oh my gosh, I'm not going crazy. Okay. Now I understand why I'm this way. And so explain to us like the numbers of the Enneagram. And cause you would, you had said too, about the system, about how, when you're in stress that you have a tendency to take on another number. And then when you're incredibly like happy, you do take on another number. So tell us a little bit more about that, about how all that works. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to back up to even the, the name of the, the assessment, Enneagram and Neogram. Um, yes. Yeah, I just want to point out it's Greek. Enya means nine, gram means model. It's a nine pointed model. So that's kind of where that. Oh, came I never from. knew that. Yeah, yeah. So oh, makes sense. Okay. You can speak Greek. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, the other thing, too, when I look at um, relationships, especially, there are no incompatible types. Thank so you. I get a lot of questions about which type should I marry or, you know, who should, and I'm like, right. whoever's healthy. <laughs> uh, and what I mean by that is, any, I define healthy relationships in two ways. Both parties can still positively influence each other. Positively influence because influence assumes that both parties are open to at least hearing another perspective, whether or not they totally agree with it. And they don't have to change who they are, but they can decide in that moment is this a hill I'm going to die on? Is this the battle I want to pick? Do I want relationship or do I want to be right? You know, but it's both parties growing together in a way that they can continue to influence each other. So as long as both types are doing their own work to continuously stay in that mode, that is success for me. Um, It's when one or both parties start digging in their heels pulling back into defensiveness, justification. This is just who I am, right? That's mm. that's not an excuse. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but really there's some big fears. There's there's some bigger things going on that need to be addressed. Uh, it's not the day-to-day who left the toaster out. Right. Um, so that's how I define them. And I, I sent you a link that we'll include in the show notes later, but there's a really good site that has information on if you think you're this type, here's what you're going to look like with this other type at your best. And Oh, great. Oh, good. Okay. So make sure and check the show notes. Good. Yes. Awesome. So pointing all that out, I'm now going to give a brief description of all nine types based on what they truly want. Uh, and this is never going to change. They all want something. Uh, for your listeners, I want them to picture like a clock because I don't have a visual. And just like one is at one o'clock type one and it goes around the circle. Uh, type nine is going to be at the top of the clock, uh, and it's for a reason. So let me start off with type one. Uh, it's called a lot of things. I call it the improver because the natural strength of this type is to be able to look at anything, any situation, any relationship, and they can just know how it can be done better, right? It can be done better. It can be done with more excellence. Even if it's good already, let's take it to that next level. 
that's what fires them up and it comes very naturally to them. So what type ones truly need and desire is organization, uh, structure, expectations, um, and, and really people that want to pursue things with excellence. Uh, so that's what they want, right? And they're, they're showing up in relationships or environments saying, I will give you my best, tell me what's expected and, and give me the time and, and the ability to make it the best. That, that's that's who I am. Uh, so every type, you know, when you take that greatest strength and we get stressed, what's going to happen to each one of us is we're going to naturally double down on that thing that we're already good at. Mm-hmm. Every one of us is going to double down on that thing that we're at. So what I call it is turning up the volume. We're going to turn the volume up to 150 when we're stressed, even if that's not the right solution, even if that's not the right tool, but we don't, we just unconsciously do it unless we're aware. Hmm. So picture this type one that walks into an environment where it's messy, it's chaotic, it's kind of low par according to those standards that they can see, they can see how it can be beautiful and excellent. And they start to give advice or they start to say things in a way that why aren't we doing it this way? And I don't understand why we're not doing it this way. And it's not met with positivity. It's not met with value. So what the one's going to do is they're going to they're going to hit their trigger point and then they're going to double down and turn up the volume. Mm. So what's going to come out is criticism, uh, resentment, uh, veiled anger. Ones don't like to show their anger, so they'll just be like, "Well, if you had just have done it my way, it would have been right the first time." You know that. <laughs> and all of us can do this. I think but- all of us have met people like that before. Yeah. It- because they, they, it's it's so it's just as natural under stress as it is at your best, but it comes right. out in a way that's not your healthiest self. Yes. Okay. So it's a matter of recognizing, ooh, when am I getting into this space? Because I'm not getting what I need. But do I need that from this particular situation? Mm-hmm. Right? So it's, it's that critical thinking part when we're when we're really self aware of, do I even need to show up like that right now? Mm-hmm. Is that what's needed? And if not, I can go take a break. I can turn right. it down, go have a coffee, whatever your, your jam is. Okay. But it's never going to go away. It's never going to go away. But when you're in environments where it's needed, wanted, and valued, be all of who you are. Mm. So relationships, not every relationship wants to always know how much better they could be. <laughs> right. And, and it's okay. What if we just are? So, including the one. All right, number two is the helper. And you said this was you, so I'm going to this describe is me. Mm-hmm. Tell me if This is accurate. Uh, two's genius states, what they're just naturally good at is connecting in, in an authentic way with people because they value relationships so much. And uh, a huge part of it too is their ability to empathize with people. So when I told my story originally, you were like, how do you not know how to do that? Like, Everybody knows that. And I'm like, it was just harder for me. <laughs> I needed to learn it, but I don't think I'm alone. You're not alone. You're not. Yeah. So to have this, this natural desire to uh, think of others, uh, they're constantly thinking of others and especially the ones that they love. Natural gift givers, natural encouragers, uh, that is their strength. Now on the flip side, that is also what they need. Okay. And it's confusing for a two because 
they don't necessarily think of themselves in in that way like how would i gift myself how would i be kind of they don't that's not naturally where they start so they're they're in situations now where they're giving they're they're being them their beautiful natural selves and they're not getting reciprocated or no one's remembering to text them or no one's they forgot their birthday oh that would be bad <laughs> so now the two goes into stress mode and turns it way up mm. and that's going to sound a little um like kind of like the one will sound critical the two is going to sound martyr like yeah why does anyone remember me and I do everything for this family and no one appreciates what I do around here very normal very natural what it's saying is this beautiful two has been too long in environments situations or relationships where they're not getting their needs met and so coaching and helping a two understand here's that process and how to get it first so that you can give of your overflow because mm -hmm. it's exactly who you are uh, true. Yes or no. <laughs> yes. That's actually work. That is, I've had to do a lot of work on that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and all of us will, because it's these habitual patterns we've had for how long you right. can't just turn them off in a week. It doesn't, it doesn't happen. Yes. Uh, but also be thinking of, you know, people you work with, right? Your family members, we're all showing up who we are and it may not be our healthiest self. Right. All right, type threes uh, are the achievers, and this is my type. Um, so where threes show up the best is when there's something that they're good at that adds value and someone else says, I want that from you. So for me, educating people is something I love to do. And when someone says, will you come on a podcast and talk about the Enneagram? I'm like, how much time do I have? <laughs> uh, yeah, but different threes are motivated in different ways. Uh, it's whatever they're already good at. Do you need that from them? And they will give it to you 100,000%, right? Kind of like a two will help all day long. A three is going to do the thing you want them to do if they love to do that all day long. They really get motivated by that feeling of accomplishment. So I set a goal. Guys, we hit the goal. And then that just the three is smiling. And then they're off to the next one. That, that gives them such a sense of satisfaction. So what could stress this three out? Where will they go? Well, it's in environments where they either feel like I thought I was adding value, but I'm not getting any feedback. I must be failing. So they're going to go into uh, this. Uh, this isn't working. I'm not adding enough value uh, or they get competitive under stress. Not a good luck, but it's true. And they'll look around and say, OK, who's who's got the, the most attention right now based on what they're doing? I will crush it. Right. So they're going to just automatically go into workaholic mode, not understanding that their true needs are just to be acknowledged for who they are, not what they do. Mm. And stressed, they can't separate the two because I am what I do. And if I stop doing this, I'm nothing. I mean, that's the, 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 all these types of something. And that's the reason. Well, yeah, I see a lot of myself also in a three, like there are some things that a three does that I feel like also, yeah, yeah pertain to my personality. We're I'm glad you brought that up because the model is very complex and we won't get into all of it today, but you have a starting point and you pick up characteristics of the types on either side of you. Mm -hmm. So there are times you might want excellence. So there are times you might like me in a three, want to just get it done as fast as possible. <laughs> Which is where threes and ones can get into trouble because that's right. 
they can see it from different lenses. Okay, moving on to the four. Uh, this one is the individualist. It feels feelings deeply. Twos also feel feelings deeply, but twos feel everyone else's feelings first, and then they kind of absorb them and they figure out who needs help the most and they want to go help them. Fours are going to feel their own feelings the deepest, and they're going to want to spend time going in and introspecting to really determine what that means to them. And are they disappointed? Are they sad? Are they, you know, what is that? And so a lot of times they're, they kind of take time to themselves and they get this look on their face and someone might walk by and go, why don't you just cheer up? And they're like, don't tell me to cheer up. I'm, I'm being authentic, right? <laughs> and they're, they're kind of misunderstood only because this type of all the types is so in touch with their inner landscape. Mm -hmm. And you heard me describe, I had to learn empathy. So it's hard for them to immediately find people that they can immediately connect with unless they're other fours. Then the challenge there is that fours want to be distinguished and unique. So fours have a hard time with other fours because, well, you're not like me, but you are like me. It's, it's just this interesting relational combination where, where I see the fours show up best, the ones that I know, is in spaces where people have really tough stuff going on. Mm. Counselors, special ed teachers, uh, people that work with survivors of human trafficking on the front lines. They, wars are great at holding space and they won't try to fix you. And they just want you to know that you're seen and heard. Mm. That, that's a superpower that they just start with. Wow. So, if they can put that energy into those types of relationships and then go and just, just have a relationship outside of that, they're at their best. At their stressed, uh, they're over emotional. They're gonna be overly moody, overly um, uh, sad, overly mad, overly anxious. It just, it's over extra and it's, it's, a, it's a volume control thing because they feel like no one gets me, no one understands me, starting with themselves. Right? Oh, they, right. They, they don't know necessarily what's happening. They don't know why. And they need to start connecting with all of them so they can manage their volume. All right. Fives are pretty much the exact opposite of what I just described before. <laughs> so fours are just naturally uh, emotional and, and they want to connect on a very deep emotional level. And fives are like, no, thank you. <laughs> so they're called the investigators. Um, they're the most objective of all of the types. What they truly need is to be as self-sufficient as possible. Mm. They, they need their alone time because their greatest happiness is researching and, and delving in and seeking new information and analyzing data and synthesizing things in their head. Like you hear me getting all geeked out and like, I'm not a five. <laughs> uh, but the fives that I know, Google was the best and worst thing ever invented. Yeah. And especially during COVID, like CDC, and I got to go over here, and I'm, <sighs> how am I going to maintain my self-sufficiency? And they're, you know, questioning vaccines. It's just, it's this whole thing. Um, and the other thing is too, they, they need to protect their energy because of all of the types, the way that I was trained and the people that I've coached, um, they can only recharge to about 80%. Mm. And so they're, they're literally saying, okay, if I'm going to zap my energy all day long, where do I need to go take breaks? Where do I need to recharge so that I can bring back my best? Um, but don't throw me a surprise birthday party. That 
is too much random emotional energy talking about things that I may or may not be knowledgeable on and that's going to stress me out. Uh, I'm going to feel compelled to come up with a great answer. That's going to stress me out. They just want a couple people in their life that they really, really love and attach to. And then they like to be alone. <laughs> so they, they're kind of misunderstood in that way. Uh, but ironically, I see a lot of two, five attachments in relationships. Mm. So we've got this beautiful helper two and this very self-sufficient independent five coming together initially and meeting each other's needs. Well, so, yes. So fives are interesting when they get stressed because they go from uh, recharging to isolating. And it's a oh. really, really like because they, they're off by themselves a lot. So it's just, hey, have you seen them for a couple of days? I don't know. Uh, they will stop uh, probably replying to texts if they're really in a, in a bad way. Um, and they're going to come off as really um, uh, eccentric, uh, maybe because now they're just thinking about all the stuff that's in their head and they're just maybe having run on sentences when they speak about stuff that you're like, what does that have to do with this conversation? Well, it's just it's, it's getting into emotional space that they're not comfortable in naturally. So they have to use their brains or their knowledge to kind of work through that. Um, the other thing is they'll, they'll start to kind of diminish other people and how not smart they are. Oh of, yeah. What's the word I want to use? Kind of not arrogant, but um, whatever that word is that you sound, you have to sound smart because you're trying to protect yourself. So mm -hmm. that is them stressed. Uh, they do make good partners. They're very, consistent, they're very reliable, uh, but they definitely have different needs than some of the other types that I've just described. All right, type six are called the anticipators. And that is because this type naturally, naturally looks at the world and everything that could go wrong. And they wanna put a plan together to avoid doom. <laughs> and, yeah. So This is my son, yep. Yep. Um, mm -hmm. they, it just comes naturally. So they don't realize that other people don't think this way, right? Like, well, what if this happens? What about that? And have we got a plan for that? And if that happens, then we better. And then have we thought about plan D and T? I worked with a client once and she goes, I had plan A through Z. And I said, what if you just did like A through H? She's like, I, I didn't even consider that. <laughs> it's just so natural. So what these types need is security. They need uh, a sense of support and having a plan that avoids doom helps them get that need filled. Uh, the other thing is that they, this type of all the types really wants to have an additional layer of support. And so they will want something outside of themselves, whether it's a parent, um, a friend, a spouse, a sibling, a mentor, church, you, know, you name it. I need something outside of me to go to and say, am I gonna be okay? Now, not all sixes have this, but this one is much more likely to say, tell me I'm going to be okay because my head has got all these things in there that could possibly happen and I just need to know we're going to be okay. So at their best, uh, they're really uh, loyal, very loyal, very relational, um, good team players and great at coming up with plans. And then they get stressed and then they can't possibly move forward because all this stuff likely will happen and it they get the most visibly anxious of all the types. Um, they, they get a little rebellious in some senses, like, no, we're not doing that. And here's why, you know, uh, but it's because of the plan. So in relationships, they could be uh, stagnant or 
um, cause things to lead out of fear, you know, mm. rather than their obvious self. Yeah. Uh, sevens are the enthusiasts. They're the adventurers. Uh, so kind of just opposite of the six, they want fun. They just want fun and adventure and freedom. And my husband's a seven. So. Ryan's also a seven. So. Oh, yeah, these guys. Um, they are one of the most optimistic of all the types. Twos can be really optimistic. Sevens are optimistic. So picture a seven. You know, they're, they're down for whatever. They're very spontaneous. When's the next restaurant opening? Where's the next trip we're going to take? Um, I feel really bad for sevens because they need that sense of looking forward and everything shut down during COVID. Oh, I know. So their biggest fears are to be limited, bored, or missing out. And all that was triggered during COVID. So what would a happy-go-lucky, adventurous, spontaneous seven look like when they're stressed? A couple of different ways. They're going to get mad. Because they don't necessarily start with a range of emotions. They start with happy, productive, and whatever else. <laughs> so when they hit long periods of, I don't know what's going on, and why isn't everyone happy, and why aren't you just happy, and why aren't we all just... I don't see why we have to still talk about this. And you're, you know, they just get really upset about people not being positive, which then makes people mad at them for being mad. You know, it's this whole dynamic. The other thing sevens can do under stress is uh, would like pull back hard. Uh, they can get into a mode of escaping. And so I'm just going to do what I want to do. And I'm going to go spend money the way I want to spend it. I'm going to go, you know, buy myself and have adventures. And uh, they can actually become collectors of certain things. So my husband collects figurines and i'll know he's a little stressed when amazon's showing up a little more often than usual <laughs> like did you really need doubles of that person <laughs> you know and he always has i always know why there's always gonna be a reason but it just causes me to want to ask a few questions so mm -hmm. okay eight eights are the most bold of all the types and I want to point out, all these types could be male or female. All these types could be introverted or extroverted. But eights get kind of a bad rap because they are, they're just so out there and strong and confident. And they know who they are. They don't care if you like it or not. <laughs> so, so other relational types are like, yeah, but they, they're just not nice. And they're like, I am, I'm being kind by telling you the way it is. What, what's the problem here? You know? <laughs> uh, but it's just who they are. They're called the challengers uh, for that reason. Here's what people don't understand about this type. They need to have control, but over their own environment. Mm. So they want to have control over their sphere. Mm -hmm. And then the other way they use that energy is to protect those under their umbrella. So eights really want to um, protect the vulnerable, bring a voice to the voiceless, whoever that is, it can be a cause, it can be their family, but they're going to speak the loudest when those that they love or they're caring for uh, are perceived as being um, something unjust is happening to them, right? So that's when they're going to show up in a big, bold way. Now that's them being healthy. Them being healthy is just, I have to speak up and I need you to, to know this is wrong, okay? Or no, you're telling me to do something that doesn't align with who I am. So this is bold. When they get stressed and they're being told, no, you have to get in line or no, we have to hear your, your vulnerabilities and know what you're feeling about this, my son, <laughs> they turn it up. No, 
because I know that's what you want. So I'm not going to give it to you. And it's, it's Ooh. just, it's combative, it's confrontational, it's withholding. Uh, and eights, like threes, will often just go get busy to avoid having to have any kind of vulnerable conversation. Mm. So it comes about outcomes, pushing toward the goal. I mean, it's part of what they need, but it's not coming from a healthy place. And then finally, the nine, now we're at the very top of my clock um, on this model. Nines are at the top as the peacemakers because they can clearly see all of the other types that I just described. And they're like, yeah, I get it all. I get why a two acts that way. I get why an eight acts that way. I get why a three overworks sometimes. Yeah, that, that's all valid. So you feel really heard when you're talking to a nine because they get you on some level. Now where nines, what nines need the most is harmony. Nines need things to be moving along smoothly or at least getting back to a state of smoothness and comfort and harmony. So where they really are valued in relationship is when there's conflict, things are escalating. And nines can naturally come in and go, I see what you're saying and I see what you're saying. Here's where I think you both agree. Can we move forward from here? And because they're so you know, just unassuming, people are like, well, she heard me and I can't disagree. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> so they, it takes kind of a lot of the power out of it. And just it, nines are really good at helping people move forward. Uh, so nines under stress, I call them comfort junkies. I mean, we all can be. And, you know, I'm a comfort junkie to a degree. But nines are going to kind of pull way back. They're going to go along to get along. And then they are going to also want to go off and be by themselves doing that one thing that makes them feel uh, internally harmonious or internally comfortable. And so maybe it's baking for hours at a time, or maybe it's reading for hours at a time. All of that can be healthy. It's when it's being done to avoid something, avoid a conversation, avoid a, a tough situation, that it becomes a coping mechanism. Um, Amazon and ice cream, you name it. So... Again, each of these types has these needs and when they're not getting met, we go into our overdrive and then we still don't get our needs met, which is kind of, isn't that the pattern? So then we yes. continue to try to go back and forth and it's all a bunch of habitual patterns. So I'm going to pause and see what questions you have. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I think, you know, it's interesting because the, one of the things that I learned when I took the Enneagram was that I not only saw the validation of just who I am as a person where it's like, I know that sometimes we'll see things and go, Oh, I feel so seen right now. Like when I read the results, I was just like, mm -hmm. this is like, it was having this awareness to a degree of being like, okay, yep. Yeah, this is, I very much see myself with this, but not only that, but when I, I love what I love about the Enneagram that it does that what really like kind of other tests do not do is that it describes you when you go under stress and when you're super happy. And I think, cause sometimes when we are under stress, especially in relationships, especially if it's somebody who doesn't, cannot relate to how you're reacting when you are under stress, I think having not only this awareness of like who you are as a person, but also being able to portray that in a relationship and being like, uh, these are the things, this is what happens to me when I'm under stress. This isn't like, this isn't something that like people feel that 
it may be like a personality flaw or based off of past trauma. Like people love to label why Mm -hmm. people react the way that they do. And some of that's true. Don't get me wrong. But do you find that like when people understand more about themselves, just not in general, but how they act under stress, that that can benefit their relationship if they're in a relationship or as they're dating or as they're like navigating through, you know, potentially finding a partner? Well, my answer is always yes. Yes. Self-awareness and increased self-awareness is always best. A couple caveats there. Yeah. Uh, It's, it's usually never well-received. It's usually not well-received coming from a partner. Right. And and at work. Good point. Yeah. Coming from your boss. So I get a lot of people. I'm going to tell my husband, this is what he is. And this is, and I'm like, because if it's pushed upon you, that's not self-development. That's compliance. Oh, right. (laughs) So it's important for each of us to be ready and willing to take our own journeys. And this model gives you that safe space to go explore it on your own and mm-hmm. read through some of the hard parts, but then really go, does that describe? And if that's true, that that that's vulnerable. That's really vulnerable. Uh, so wh- why, you know, now I want to explore some more. And that's where I love coaching, right? Because reading it and trying to process it yourself is kind of like going into a tunnel, but I don't want to process it with my partner because that's still too vulnerable and if they aren't yet self-aware they're not going to know how to talk about it with me and now i'm going to feel alone and isolated. you know so it's all of this is just a journey of finding the right people at the right time to get you to your next right step Mm. and that that was my journey Uh, when i first learned all of this i was just crying all the time which i don't ever do (laughs) and my husband was like honey i see that you're crying and I don't know what to do with this. Leave <laughs> like, me alone. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I did, I felt so seen and known, but I had no idea what yeah. to do with it yet. Right. Um, now going back to how is it helpful? It's, it's not just helpful in your, um, you know, dating partner relationships. It has changed how I parent. Oh it yeah. Has, it has changed how I grew up with my family of origin because we all have different roles we were playing right now. I'm like, Oh, it changed how I showed up at work. I actually decided that rather than stay for a big company and continue working under other people and these rules, doing what I didn't totally love, but I could, I'm like, I'm going to go try this on my own. And I'm here three years later. So I, I knew my type had enough energy to sustain, figure it out, right? And then what I'm actually helping people do is understand how their emotions drive their decisions yeah where else do we teach this where else do we teach this uh, i'm on a mission to help people get back in touch with this date yeah that's inside of them already and really understand how can you use that to be your healthiest self just like going to the gym just like going to the chiropractor right it's no different take some right. time gotta, gotta practice it and then you feel so much better so. you do And I think it's, again, it goes back to that validation piece. And I think it's like when I tell people when they're dating, it's not, you have to be, when you're mindfully going out there and you're meeting new people that not only to lead with your heart, which a lot of it is emotionally based, of course, for all the obvious reasons, but also to use your head in the process, because 
you might be emotionally entangled into somebody because there's high chemistry and ultimately you might not be compatible on so many different, so many different ways, but yet you're emotionally tied to this person because you are, you know, you have high chemistry and you have, you know, usually these are like the hot and heavy, like right off, right out of the gate and haven't explored whether or not you're compatible. So I always have this saying where it's like, yes, of course, lead with your heart, but also lead with your brain. And I think part of leading with your brain is having this incredible self-awareness of who you are as an individual. And correct me if I'm wrong, is there a, in the coaching that you do for the Enneagram and every number, if I remember when I used to do these tests for my clients and you're like, talking to you makes me think that I should bring these back. Um, but when I used to do these tests, there was like a whole section about romance, like what they needed in romantically in relationships. Is that something that you help people with too? I have a section in each of the types about how to get along with me and uh, how I parent, um, uh, what I don't want in a relationship. So it gives mm. language around each of those types, uh, but it's really just a starting point. I go back to if someone's really struggling in a relationship, I said, picture, picture it at its best, right? Ideal situation. What is that giving you that you do not have right now? Mm. What is whatever that, that thing will make me happy, right? So mm -hmm. what will that thing, whether it's a relationship or losing 25, whatever, what does that give you that you don't have now? And if they can come up with that, if they can articulate what that is, and, you know, you might have to go to any gram deep, right? Is it giving you uh, security? Is it giving you uh, significant? What is that thing? Then how can we start getting that today? Mm. And it may or may not be that thing that you're most wanting, but how can we start getting more of that today? And people will be surprised at how much power they have to fill their own cups daily. Yeah. That is the work, <laughs> right? That is the work. <sighs> yeah. You hit the nail on the head. Um, it's, it's, I always, I always talk about how we need to be, we don't have to be fully loving ourselves and loving our lives in order to be ready to bring someone in to attract a partner that we just have to love ourselves enough and just be happy enough with the life that we have. But if we're seeking fulfillment and happiness through other people, when we're not providing it to ourselves first, mm -hmm. we're ultimately self-sabotaging. We're not being able to, we're not going to attract truly the ideal partner that we really need. I, I hear that. And it made me think of a different way that I position it. You're, you're contorting who you are for that relationship, right? Mm, so you're, yeah. You're not showing up as the real you. Yes. Yes. Oh, that's a good, I love that angle. That's brilliant. Yeah. We're going to settle. Is it okay to settle? Mm. And then the fear is, well, if I show up as all of myself, I won't find it. Well, is that true? Is, right. and I, I will be honest. I went through this whole process. It is scary. Can I swear? AF it's scary. Yes. AF. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. But fear is what holds us back. Isn't it? Yes. And there's certainty on the other side, but it's your certainty because you've done the work. So um, I'll talk about my threeness just personally. Um, so I was in this relationship for 19 years. We had a son already. He was probably, I don't know, however old he was, 
four years ago, 14. <laughs> I, I, on paper, look great. I have been promoted every other year. Uh, I'm, I'm making way more money than I ever thought as a farmer's daughter and a teacher. Uh, I'm in a great company I could stay with. For, so my threeness is getting right, achieve the goals, hit the next level. You know, then you'll be worthy. Almost, I didn't know this is... Uh, I've got the husband, you know, white picket, I mean, pretty much white suburbia life. And, and I hate my life. And I'm like, mm. this has nothing to do with my husband. This has nothing to do. What is going on? <laughs> and so that is literally when I accidentally became a life coach, found the Enneagram and changed my world. Because what it showed me was you never believe in the morning when you wake up, you do not yourself believe that you're enough. And so you wake up and look the part and then you walk out into the world and say, who can I prove and how can I prove and hustle to make you see that I'm worthy because I value people seeing my worth, right? My threeness. Right. And I didn't know any of this was going on. So then I look back and as a, as a type three, uh, you like to hear how you know, good job for adding value. Your baby's not going to tell you that. Your kid's not going to tell you that for most of their life, right? Right. So I've counted that out as a, a, a bucket filler. I'm just going to have to provide the needs on that one. But where can I get it? My husband? Well, yes, he's, he's a very good encourager. But we're very busy doing our different jobs. And I'm not sure how to ask for what I need yet because this is way too vulnerable for me. And I, I'm not good at this. So I'm like, so I'm confused. I'm not understanding where I fit it. So I just go to, I do the one thing I'm already good at work mm. and I do more of it. And I became a workaholic, exhausted, gained 40 pounds, carb sugar, mm. alcohol, you name it, like all the numbing mechanisms because I didn't know how to, you, you use love yourself. I use like, um, step into my worth, mm. but yeah. that, that's, that's a three journey. So it was, a lot of self-compassion, a lot of extra tools, reading, studying, digging in. And for me, I'm stubborn. So it just took me longer. I don't think a lot of people take this long. I'm just stubborn. And I'm like, I'm, I am going to figure this out. And I'm not only going to read it, I'm going to read 10 books on the topic and I'm going to read, you know, 6,000 podcasts and I'm going to get certified. <laughs> it just takes me longer, but I, I do wake up now in the morning saying, okay, I start off already. How do I want to give that to whoever needs it? Mm -hmm. you take things less personally you let people be who they are because they're on their journey too right um, I now know that I need this so I love coaching because I get to help people in this very specific intimate way and yeah. I can do that all day long mm. my son may or may not need it today and he doesn't want it on days that he does <laughs> I could just let him be him and I can go do what I really love to do so. It, it keeps the relationships balanced because we're we're recognizing what we need and where we are going to get it and where we're not going to get it in that moment. Thank you for telling us that and sharing that. Uh, that's I'm sure that's very vulnerable, and I pre I appreciate and I think you you bring up another valid point, which is just in general, just being able to know what your needs are. And I think that that you doing that work is very 
there's a lot of, um, crossover between the work that you do and the work that I do is, is helping people understand what their needs, not only just understanding what their needs are, but being able to express them because so many times I've had, uh, especially I've had women come to me and they're like, I just want a man to just look at me and just know what I need. I'm like, "Mm." (laughs) do you know what that is? (laughs) It's, it's hard though. I mean, it is the twos I work with. They're like, I don't have an answer to that question. Okay. (laughs) Cause the natural tendency is to go, I get what everyone else needs. That's how Mm -hmm. I get my needs met. Right right now, right now. So, yeah. And it's, it's being able to not only say, I want, you know, I, I have every right to stand here and to tell you that these are my needs, because I think maybe it's more of the twos that I attract in my business, but like, there is, there is a definite like conversations that I have where I'm like, you're not needy to have needs. Like every person has needs and it's up to you to be able to express what those are because people cannot read your mind of what that is, of what that is. And you have to be able to feel confident enough in yourself that your needs have every right to be met. And then to also express what those needs are. And I think that that's so much like part of the, of the miscommunication and dating is yep. just being able to express what those that first your needs are valid. And then second, to be able to express what those needs are. And I take it a step further yeah. know, in any relationship. So I say you start showing up in this way authentically, right? In all of your relationships and watch what happens. So mm-hmm. around your family unit, you know, they're going to be who they are. You show up now in this new space and just now you're an observer, right? Especially right. if you have Strong emotions attached to that. That's not where you're going to get your needs met, most likely. So don't don't expect it. Don't get water from a rock, but still love them. Right. Love them. Right. You just need to get your needs met in that environment on Thanksgiving Day. <laughs> so uh, at work, you may have people that you don't like working with. Well, you don't have to like everybody, right? They don't have to like you. They right. don't need to meet your needs. But where do you need to get your needs met at work? I just had a conversation with a gentleman this morning and, and I said, uh, he's like, basically it came down to he and his boss weren't having regular one-on-ones. And so he was starting to procrastinate. And I said, well, it sounds like if you were having regular one-on-ones with your boss and he told you, hey, I need that from you by Friday, you'd be like, done. I am." He's like, absolutely. And I said, then go ask for what you need. Go tell your boss, I want to start meeting or just tell him we're going to start meeting every other week. And I want you to ask me about this report so that I can get it done by the end of the month. Done. (laughs) Power of like holding people accountable. And sometimes people just need that little nudge of permission of being like, do that thing. It's okay to do that thing. Yeah. As a coach, you're going to have to report back to me. So that's right. I can't wait to hear your answer. (laughs) Uh, I actually do have a few extra things about getting needs met based on. Yes, let's do it. All right. Yeah. Um, cause you know, I geek out. So I'm just, yes. so the last piece I want to cover is now I'm going to group the types together. Okay. Most people get their head around it. Sometimes I'm mm-hmm. going to group the twos, threes, and fours together. Okay. So the helper, the achiever, and the individualist, these three types are all in what I call the heart center. Mm-hmm. They lead with feelings, though they all do it in very different ways. 
but that is a huge part of their core. They're just feeling types, okay? The other thing that these three types share is their, their core motivation at the very bottom is to feel significant. So they want to feel and they want to feel significant. That is what's mm -hmm. driving those three types. Now, twos naturally feel significant when they are needed or they feel needed. And so when they're not aware, they're initially just going to go meet everyone else's needs, right? Because that's I, I can naturally do this. This is a gift that I have. So I start where I'm at and I just meet your need. And, meet, and that makes me feel good because I'm getting a little bit of what I need until you've turned up the volume too high. Now you're stuck going, why isn't this working? Mm -hmm. So with twos, knowing that your need is to be needed, put yourself on your priority list. Put that person on the list that you need most. And it's the person that's been taking care of you every day. Mm -hmm. So how do you show that person love? How do you show that person how significant they are to you and you start with well I might just go get a manicure or whatever it is to you maybe it's I just need time alone I need to say no to this event so that I can just watch Netflix because that's really what I want to do then take care of that person who's been taking care of you because they're significant too with threes they're most they feel most significant when they're achieving things and they're um, adding value all over the place and and they just they like to work uh, at the core uh, they need to know that that I'm enough just as I am, but they're never not going to, they're not going to stop working. They're never going to stop working. But the, in, in their kind of average state, I call it, they're working to prove their worth. In their healthiest state, they recognize their worth by just sitting in a chair. Like just being in the presence of these people is good enough. Now, how do I want to contribute in a way that keeps me healthy? Not drives me to the ground. Uh, not is, you know, for the next award or whatever it is, although that's not wrong. Um, do it because it's coming from the best part of you. Fours want to feel significant as well, but they feel most significant when they're seen for being different. Right. Uh, maybe it's their outfit. Maybe it's their um, their way of speech, their, their creativity, something. Okay. And so the fours initially are going to look outside of themselves for feedback and say, am I enough? Is this enough? And if they don't hear that or get that, it's going to make them believe un untruly, right, that, that they're misunderstood or uh, they don't measure up. So a healthy four spends that time going in and saying, not only am I unique, I am the only one in the world that can do this thing in this way. Mm. That is a gift. That is a gift to the world and the world deserves my gift. Mm. Then they show up and people's opinions don't hurt as much because they're like, you're entitled to that. I still know what I'm capable of and how awesome I am. <laughs> so those are just in the twos, threes, and fours. That's why a lot of other types, you know, they'll look and they'll go, why do you care so much about who you are and your manifest destiny? And because they're twos, threes, and fours. We do. <laughs> but now let's move over to five, sixes, and sevens. These three types are motivated by something very different. These three types need to know that they are secure or supported. Don't care so much if people acknowledge their significance or you know tell them how wonderful. They're. I need to know that I'm secure. So fives feel most secure when they're surrounded by information or resources 
that help them maintain their self-sufficient independence. So basically, how can I know that I'm protected away from other people initially? Because that's, that what, that's what makes me feel secure. And then they end up in a relationship. And a lot of relationships can put a lot of pressure and dependencies and obligations on a five. And that might cause them to pull away. So healthy, healthy fives understand that their security starts from within. No one can take away not only my information, but my secure presence in this moment. It takes a while for a five to really, all of us to sit in that. And then who else do I want to connect with? Because I know I need connection too. Mm. So they're going to find that space and capacity to allow that relationship in, in a way that still preserves their um, energy, their security. Sixes, we talked about these, they need to feel secure and supported by having a plan and by having someone else say you're, you're okay. Eventually sixes at their healthiest turn that in on themselves and they say, I know I'm okay. Mm. All of this could happen, but let's do it anyway. <laughs> they step into what I call the big C courage. Yeah. And if you watch a six do something they're totally scared to do, that is a model of the, like everyone should follow that model because they're showing us how hard it can be to step into fear. And it, it's a beautiful thing. Mm. Uh, sevens are interesting because they're so optimistic and fun and entertaining but what they really need is the security of knowing there's something to look forward to i need fun and if i don't get it it makes me anxious again covid was hard on sevens what sevens uh can do at their healthiest is um, a couple things Initially, they're going to want to avoid any feelings that are other than happy, productive, or a little bit disappointing. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, I'm generalizing, but when sevens realize the breadth of the emotional wheel, and they don't have to stay there forever, that's not who they are, but if they can step in there and stay there for a little bit longer, not only for the people they love, but for themselves, because grief is real, disappointment is real, failure is real. And they're not wrong. And as you go through them, you grow through them. That's what helps a seven avoid those escaping tendencies and be fully present in a relationship. So that makes them feel fully secure when they can trust themselves and their own emotions. Yeah. All right, lastly, eights, nines, and ones at the top of the circle. These ones are interesting because they need to feel the world is a fair and just place. Hmm. They almost feel obligated, literally obligated to help make the world a more fair and just place. So can you see how we have all these types that at their core, they want these different things, but we don't know how to talk about this. And so right. like, why do you care that that, that that is perfect or whatever? And I'm like, I just need you to tell me that I'm doing a good job. <laughs> it's so interesting. <laughs> um, but these are also, they're also called the gut triad. Um, I forgot to mention five, sixes, and sevens are the head triad. They use their thinking brain to make decisions. Eights, nines, and ones have this intuitive instinct. They can't describe it. If you told them, tell me how you came to that conclusion, they're probably not going to be able to, but they're like, my gut, I just got to go with my gut. So, so eights then use their gut to protect. Mm. They need to protect not only others, but their own turf. Because they don't like violators on their turf. They don't want to be controlled. Uh, so eights 
are naturally going to um, kind of keep people at, out. They're going to have a shield up to begin with. Uh, at their best, they realize that yes, to connect with the world, I have to let people in. Mm. And so only a few people are going to get behind that shield. But here's what they're going to see. Healthy eights are, they're not weak, right? But they're soft. Mm. Healthy eights are soft, but not weak. And they're, they can be comforted and comforting, but they're not complacent. Mm. Right. So I think a lot of us think that, oh, if I slow down or I'm not as tough, right? I'm going to be seen as a squishy, whatever, apathetic slug on the floor. And I'm like, no, you're going to be strong and soft. Right. Yeah. So, um, so eights need to recognize that they don't have to control every single situation because it's going to do what it's going to do anyway. Mm. So where do you step into your power to right the wrongs and bring justice? It's not mm. every conversation. Nines, uh, they're naturally going to need comfort, harmony. Uh, they also want fairness and justness. Mm. So when they are just being natural and, and going with their habits, they tend to pull away. And the reason being, they see all these points as valid. They don't know which one is correct because they agree with them all. Mm. Nines need to spend time with themselves a lot like a two and go, what do I care about? What don't I like? Why don't I like it? And then uh, healthy nines are able to articulate that and speak their truth. Not to push people away, not to cause a conflict, but to get what they need. Mm. Right? Because I can yeah. speak it. Right. Very hard. Very hard for nines. But that is how the world is going to be a more fair and just place by you showing up authentically. Mm. Right? Mm -hmm. And then ones, by nature, ones are the improvers. They're like, yes, we need to make the world a more fair. <laughs> and here's how to do it. And I've got the plan. <laughs> They bring that sort of uh, manager energy to to their life because they're just so driven by this. It is like a personal obligation. Yes. Uh, so the thing about ones is they're ultra sensitive. And they will never tell you that, but I'm telling you that. Right. Uh, because in their minds, this is the right thing. So if you suggest a different option, they're going to physically perceive it as I'm now wrong mm. or you you're seeing this is wrong and then I, I have to be right right so um in their process to make the world a more fair and just place they have to apply that same principle to themselves very much like mm -hmm. a nine and say what is fair and just right now it is self-compassion mm -hmm. it is holding our expectation of reality not of this in ideal perfectionism that we're never going to achieve mm -hmm. i see one's that beat themselves up like crazy. Yeah. And I said, you're an adult. You can do whatever you want to do as long as you want to do it. I'm going to suggest that if it's not helpful, we try something different. <laughs> all of us, all of us are getting into our habits and they're hard to break, uh, but they're coming from a good place. And I, I just want people to hear you're coming from a good place and I want to help you get wherever you want to go according to your path. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I, yeah, yeah I, there's some one in me too. Like I, even though I'm a two, I feel like mm -hmm. I'm more two, three, but there is sometimes that the one for me like sneaks in on occasion. Um, it's okay. Yeah, it is. Okay. 
Uh, I, that's right. That's right. So I, we can, I can, I want to have you back. Can I have you back? And we can like, maybe like do a whole like sequence of like talking about specific types. And cause I feel like, I mean, we've just, just like you said, it's just, we've just scratched the surface of really what all of this is. And, you know, it's never like, I always tell people just to take tests with the grain, like just mm-hmm. to, it's not verbatim necessarily. Like there is, I mean, but I think out of all of them, I mean, truly the Enneagram is one that I feel that is like truly spot on that really creates the most awareness, especially if you're just on this road of self self-discovery, which some of you are, some of my listeners are, um, which if you're listening to this and you're like, I want to know more about my Enneagram and I want to work with somebody who, uh, specializes and geeks out about it and tells me all the things. So Barb, where can, where can everyone find you? Yeah. Um, I am on LinkedIn and Facebook, which is not popular with the Instagrammers. Uh, it's under my name, Barb rank or courageously imperfect is my company name. Uh, my website is C as in cat, uh, I as in perfect lifecoach.com. So C I lifecoach.com. That's probably the best place to go because there's okay. a direct link right on my website where you can book a, a free consultation. I oh, start, perfect. I start everybody with a free consultation to hear what you want. And then we customize a package to your needs if you want to proceed. Oh, that's incredible. Well, I thank you, my friend. Thank you for being a part of the show. And I cannot wait to have you back again. And if you've been listening to this and you're wanting to know more about your Enneagram, please make sure and click on the links down in the show notes. I'll put all of that down there. So it's just one little quick little link click and it takes you right to Barb. but thank you again for coming on the show. I've loved, I've, I learned so much just even like listening Uh, I've learned so much more about the Enneagram. And so I appreciate you so much. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing yourself with us today. And thank you for what you do to help people just come together better. It's an honor. Thank you. Yes. Awesome. All right, my friends. So in just listening to that episode, listening to her, did you figure out kind of, because sometimes you could just listen to what the number is. You could be like, hmm, that kind of sounds more like me. So hopefully you were able to get some great nuggets out of today's conversation with Barb. Her and I, I am absolutely going to have her back to the show. We talked about so many things in Egram. Even after we stopped recording, she asked me what my biggest give up, my big, what I learned. Because that's one of the greatest things about these episodes is that when I bring, when I bring on these experts, I also learn. And uh, because I'm always wanting to know more and the more that I can learn and learn about myself and learn about, uh, what other experts are teaching, the more I can best serve you. Right. And so, um, I learned a lot about like my son, like we were talking about, I was talking about my son's Enneagram and her and I kind of shared a couple things. And so I, she's such, such a beautiful person. And so even if you're considering at all looking into working with her, I will put all of her links in the show notes. She does offer a free uh, discovery call. So make sure and check that out. All right. Uh, thank you so much for being here. And as a little reminder, if you're listening on Spotify or Apple, please rate and review and subscribe. I would love it because the more subscribers we have, the more that they will go, oh, this is a super cool, awesome 
podcast by Kat Cantrell. Other people should listen to it. So I would love it if you would give me some love. And um, as always, if you're over on Facebook or Instagram, come and follow me at Camp Cantrell. Okay. Figure out your Enneagram number and let me know. Like if you know your Enneagram number, I'm going to do like, I'll probably do a little survey on Instagram just to see what people, if people know about their Enneagrams. All right. Thank you so much for being here. And remember, true love is waiting for you. And I will see you next time. Bye.